welcome to Between the Lines. We hope you had a good weekend, and it is now Monday, February 27th, and I'm Scott. I'm Junior, and you're listening to Between the Lines. Yeah, I already said that, though. You did. But yeah, so... Um, but that's sorry. Okay. I was opening you know, up my Bible. Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm ready you, to read yeah, now. Oh, good. Let's <laughs> let's have you get started. We're gonna do. We're gonna break this one up again because it's a very long chapter. So we're gonna do the first 31 verses today. Okay. So if you want to start verse one, Junior. Yep. It says it was now two days before Passover and the festival of unleavened bread. The leading priests and the teachers of religious law were looking for an opportunity to capture Jesus secretly and kill him, but not during the Passover celebration. They agreed, or the people may riot. Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who had been previously uh, had leprosy. While he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume made of essence of nard. She broke open the jar and poured the perfume over his head. Some of those at the table were indignant. Why waste such expensive perfume, they asked. And you remember who it was that was indignant? It was Judas. Yeah. It could have been sold for a year's wages and the money given to the poor. So they scolded her harshly. Jesus replied, leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? You'll always have poor among you and you can help them whenever you want, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. Of course, because his body wouldn't be anointed because they didn't have time and he knew that. There's a rush. Verse nine, I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. I love that woman's generosity. Yeah, because that's what we're doing right now. We're talking yeah. about it right now, just like right. Jesus said we would. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the 12 disciples, went to the leading priest to arrange to betray Jesus to them. Do you think maybe part of Ju- Judas's motive was he did not like being rebuked by Jesus? It's very, yeah. Very I possible. was trying to save him money, so yeah. I'll go make money off of him. That's... <laughs> I never, I never connected that. Verse 11, they were delighted when they heard why he had come and they promised to give him money. So he began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, when the Passover lamb is sacrificed, Jesus' disciples asked him, where do you want us to go prepare the Passover meal for you? So Jesus sent two of them into Jerusalem with these instructions. As you go into the city, a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you. Follow him. At the house he enters, say to the owner, the teacher asks, where's the guest room where I can eat Passover meal with my disciples? He will take you upstairs to a large room that is already set up. That is where you should prepare our meal. So the two disciples went into the city and found everything just as Jesus had said, and they prepared the Passover meal there. It's very similar to when he told them to go get the colt, that he told them where to go and who would be there. And the disciples found it, and the people responded just exactly the way Jesus said that it would happen. Well, and and two, you know, it is, we have to remember it's Jerusalem. It's packed because of Passover. Mm -hmm. It would have been near impossible to find a room. To find a room, So just having a room is a miracle in itself, Uh, much less beyond all all of this. And we... uh, when we go to Israel, uh, a couple of the times anyway, we went to the upper room, the room where this happened. Well, it wasn't actually. A room like it though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's kind of cool being up there. It does something to you. But yeah, I think that room was built around 1000 AD. Yeah. So I've not, you know, you've been there twice and yeah. I've, I've not been there yet. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, it, it still is a cool feel. And it's kind of funny because we, you know, we poo-poo it. Uh, this, this is like a thousand years after Jesus. Yeah, it was still 1,300 years ago. There's right. nothing in the United States like that. And yeah. it's still a, a you know, a well-kept like building. Yeah. All right, uh, I'll pick up uh, verse 16 then. 
So the disciples went on ahead into the city and found everything. I think you read that. Verse 17. In the evening, Jesus arrived with the 12 disciples. As they were sitting around the table eating, Jesus said, The truth is, one of you will betray me, one of you who is here eating with me. Greatly distressed, one by one, they began to ask him, I'm not the one, am I? I used to picture this, that they were all around the table and out loud, you know, is it me, is it me, is it me? And they're all saying this out loud and Jesus is responding. I, I actually think what is happening here is that they were asking this of Jesus more in uh, in the quietness of conversation that's going on and one comes up to Jesus, you're not talking about me, are you Jesus? And he's responding that way. Because when he replied to Judas that it was Judas, they did not. They didn't seem to overhear that he had said this. No, in fact, when Judas left after Jesus said, "Go, you have to do," they thought he was going to do business. Right, right. So I think that this was done in private, yeah. uh, and I think that's more believable as as we read this that way. He replied, uh, verse twenty. He replied, "It is one of the twelve, one who is eating with me now. For I, the Son of Man, must die, as the Scriptures declared long ago. But how terrible it would be for my betrayer! Far better for him." if he had never been born. And they were eating. Jesus took a loaf of bread and asked God's blessing on it. Then he broke it into pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, take eat for this is my body. This, of course, we know this Passover meal then began to serve as our communion meal that we celebrate today as churches all around the world. And he gave a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. And he gave it to them and they all drank from it. And he said to them, this is my blood poured out for many sealing the covenant between God and his people. I solemnly declare that I will not drink wine again until the day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Then they sang a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives. Oh, see there, Junior, I think we should go back to him singing. <laughs> I don't think it was any of the hymns that we sing today. Yeah, I, I'd be yeah, I'd be <laughs> curious as to what that song was that they actually sang. Wouldn't that have been a beautiful thing to, to have heard Jesus singing with his disciples? Yeah. And some of you listening, you don't sing. When you come to church, you don't sing. And you should. Yep. You really should. It's actually an act of challenge you to. pride to not. I this think really that's what what's holding us to. back, and which is why it's good for you to sing. Sing out loud yep. and move your lips when you're doing it because that maybe for you, it would be a humbling experience. Yep. It'd be it's good the best for, thing you. for you. All right, so verse 27, all of you will desert me, Jesus told them. For the scriptures say, God will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I'm raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. Peter said to him, even if everyone else deserts you, I never will. Well, I'd like to think that I certainly would not as well. I, I get where Peter's coming from here. I want to. I think those commitments are healthy for us to make. But at the same time, it's really easy for us to say we're going to do something and not follow through. Peter, Jesus replied, the truth is, this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. Now, Junior, before we do this last verse, mm -hmm. the the rooster, wasn't it you that had uh, shared with me something about that rooster crowing being something other than just the rooster itself? Oh, or was that somebody else? you to spark my memory. I don't yeah, remember maybe, this. And then it must have been somebody else I had heard that from, that that was, the, that was something about uh, the call to worship in the temple. Wasn't it something? Really? you heard something like that? No. I'm going to have to look that up, and maybe we can get back with you on that okay, yeah. in another... Between the Maybe lines. tomorrow. Let's, yeah, uh, yeah we'll absolutely. research it. All right, so verse 31, then, no, Peter insisted, not even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the others vowed the same. Hmm. Hmm. We're, we're kind of closing off at a tough place here, and we're going to be picking up with the crucifixion yeah. then when we read tomorrow. tomorrow. That's right. 
Proverbs 27 is the proverb for today, though, and verse 2 is the highlighted verse. So, again, we hope that you read the whole chapter. But verse 2, it says, Let someone else praise you, not your own mouth, a stranger, not your own lips. I still remember you <laughs> quoting that to me when I was a kid trying to, you know, <laughs> make everybody think I was cool. And, and I remember you quoting that to me. It's been a big deal. Yeah, don't praise yourself. Yep. Let other people do it. In fact, it's better for us to have a little fun with ourselves that that creates more admiration because the truth is none of us are nearly as great as we want to proclaim. Yeah. And uh, it's better for us to point out the fact that I know that I'm not all that. Yeah. Well, I was talking to a young speaker came in my office yesterday just talking about preaching and you know learning to get better. And, and I told him one of the big things is you don't want to be the hero in all your stories. Mm-hmm. Self-deprecating humor is, you know, there's People a line of that. course, but yeah. it's a good thing. It's a good thing for you. Um, it's not just in preaching. That's just in life in general. It's, it's okay to be the butt of the jokes. Sometimes. And I know that if you're in the business world, you feel like, man, if I'm not putting myself out there, who's going to see what I can do? But people will take notice of you. If you're working hard and you're producing and you're not all full of yourself, people will take note of you. That kind of humility goes a lot further than the pride of a bombastic kind of uh, promotion of self. Yeah. So instead of praising yourself today, go around praising other people. Make that your aim today. And and can I say this? Lay off the selfies, please. (laughs) (laughs) You know, some of you just take a look at your profiles and you go back through the history and it's selfie after selfie after selfie. I think that's kind of the form of what he's talking about here. Absolutely. Let's use our social media to honor God and bring people together. That's right. Have a good day. 